FGC Hollywood. Stay classy. I'm nervous. Whoa, do you hear that? One second. Sounds like I got a helicopter over my roof or something. No, I don't hear that helicopter at all. But... <laughs> that was weird. We're back. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast episode 26. No, this is not a fever dream. We are definitely back. We took three days off. Three days? No, three weeks off. See, I knew I was going to be nervous with this podcast. I knew I, I, I'm not going to know what to say. I'm out of my game. But let's start with this. My name is Max Bleiser. I'm joined by not Pringle the One, but rather by Pringle the Two. Pringle the Two. I, you know, the Discord loves to call on you Pringle the Two. Uh, Pringle the One is uh, nowhere to be found. He is in Colorado right now, and he's hiking with uh, mountain lions, you know, living the life over there. So he is missing quite the week. Remember, Broken, every time you're on this podcast, you know something's big is going to happen, right? Yep. We're giving out fighting game awards. We're talking about, what was episode 10? Oh, Street Fighter, um, everything that they did. And now episode 26 of this podcast is full of nothing but news items. So a little bit of a preamble here before we get to the actual podcast. This is going to be different. We've been off for three weeks. We've not covered anything. So I'm changing the format for this specific podcast. No topic of the week. No questions by patrons or YouTube or wherever you're at on Discord, Twitter, and no game sales, no nothing, all news because we have so much to get to. I'm hoping we don't spend, you know, four hours on this podcast, so we'll try to run through some of this stuff. Um, I would talk about all of my ventures from when I went to work and when I came back, but I tell you what, I'll keep it all that for Keep It Classy. So that'll be for the patrons. I got some good uh, some good stories on my three weeks off on my uh, crazy work venture. That was fun. I almost lost an eye, so that was, that was cool. But I'll keep that for Keep It Classy. I got some good stories and no Hollywood question of the week. Like I said, nothing to stop us from talking about the news. But... Broken, my friend, before we get to the news. Remember last uh, three weeks ago when we did episode 25? Mm -hmm. And this whole pod, the whole podcast, I did Fighting a Topic of the Week. We're talking about trash taste. And uh, I called one of the hosts who I, I think his name is Giguk. That's his like handle. But his real name is Garnt. And I kept calling him Grant. <laughs> so I apologize. That's my fault. It's because I don't really follow them. And what kind of name is Garnt? Isn't that a strange name? I just thought it was Grant when I saw I mean, what's, it. What else is strange is that his wife admitted that she likes NTR. So, I mean, I feel bad for that man. Okay. It, it basically means cut porn on and Japanese hentai. Oh, of course. Is she Japanese? No, she's a, she's a white girl who li who's literally famous because she watches hentai on YouTube. Oh, okay. Well, good for them. I mean, uh, congratulations. And... Uh, yeah, sorry, Garnt. I, I missaid your name uh, multiple times. I called you Grant, so I'm sure he he cares, and he was he was really uh, upset by that by our little podcast. Oh, of course, but, he heard it, and he was just like, "Hey, man, I'm very upset with you guys." Yeah, now I'm gonna go like make that. some more money by by making an anime <laughs> podcast. He sent me a Karen email, be like, "Hey, man, get my name right." But uh, no, 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 That's uh, that was my bad. People in the comments let me know. It's like, hey, man, it's Garnt, not Grant. So if we ever do another Trash Taste uh, a clip review type of thing, I'll make sure to get his name right. I said at the top of the show, no game sales. However, 
game announcement. Remember we talked about uh, Fexel, another dash? It's supposed to come out. It's like the, the revamping of Fighting AX Layer. It's easier. It should be a little more accessible, and it's uh, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch, right? They, they changed the, uh, the Gogi system, so it's, it's a little easier for people to understand. So that's coming out on April 15th, 2021. So if you're interesting, interested in Fighting EX Lair, make sure to check that out on Nintendo Switch. All right, I'm already out of breath, and we have 14 pages of news. So let's start with the first one. We haven't even started with the first one. I know. One. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, this one is easy. So Tekken 7 sells 7 million copies worldwide. So on March 22nd, 2021, Katsuhiro Harada, our lord and savior for our Tekken community, had a short little Twitter exchange with a fan. You know what's nice? Normally when Harada gets on Twitter, it's always just like, don't ask me for shit. This one was really nice. It was very lovely. The exchange, all, all it was is somebody say, hey, good work. And he said, by the way, we sold officially 7 million copies. Because the person said, wow, what a great game. Now, I wonder when it, it sold 6 million copies. So he corrected them there. So Tekken 7 has been obviously a major fighting game in the 8th console generation after its official launch in the summer of 2017 and it spent a few years in the arcade 2014 2015 and 2016 had its fate of retribution fade phase and so tekken 7 now is the second best-selling game in the franchise sitting behind tekken 3 which has sold over 8 million copies worldwide how about that tekken 7 selling 7 million copies do you think tekken 7 can overtake tekken 3 it's only a million away I can see it happening because I don't think we're going to get Tekken 8 for a while. I mean, I get that this is probably the last season of Tekken 7. But I think that it, they're doing the Street Fighter approach, which is like, it's going to take us a while, so don't expect a new game. So we gave you this season 4 to kind of like give you time to enjoy this game while we work on a new game. So I think yeah. that with that, it's going to have enough time to probably make it. And if not, Tekken 8 will probably surpass it. Because Tekken's pretty popular. It's very popular. I mean, obviously, worldwide. The one thing that I found interesting is when somebody asked Harada, you know, what was your plan for Tekken 7? And he said, well, initially, we only planned to do two seasons. And then just the way the, the way of the land played out in the FGC... They decided to extend it to all the way up to four. So he even he doesn't know if there will be a, a season five. But, you know, I thought season three should have been the last one. Season four is here. I think there is a possibility for sure for season five, especially if they're not ready with announcing Tekken 8 or Tag 3 or whatever they're planning on doing across Street Fighter. So um, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Tekken. It's obviously I've I've said it many times within the last, you know, few seasons, really the last two seasons, I've really had a a major disconnect with the game, but I still think it's a great game. So it's well-deserved to sell 7 million copies worldwide. Very good for a fighting game. I think what's going to happen is that Evo will learn more about what's going to happen. I feel like Evo, we're going to learn if they're going to be like, hey guys, we're working on Tekken 8. Here's some concept art. Or they're going to be like, hey, here's season 5. That's what I bet. For sure, we'll uh, we'll know more as time progresses. The landscape is going to move and shift here soon, especially this year, I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the FGC and, and Tekken is going to be a big player in that. But uh, they've done some good moves. They've done some bad moves. I personally really like Lydia as a character, the, the the newest character for Tekken. I think she looks cool. I like the fact that they're representing Poland, a new country, into the Tekken franchise. 
The netcode, unfortunately, in my opinion, still not great. I tested it the other day against the uh, Paygun, shoutouts to him. And it, it holds up in certain spots and then it completely crumbles in, in other spots. So maybe if uh, if we can really get the netcode working and they can just rebalance a little bit of what old Tekkens were with fused with what new Tekken is, they'll hit that sweet spot. So I don't think they're that far away. I think Tekken as a, as a fighting game franchise will still be a, a powerhouse for years to come. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a big one. Obviously, we we missed three weeks, right, of character trailers, so we're going to dissect this one by one. This is my pick for fighting game of the year in 2021, SNK's King of Fighters 15. Broken, my friend. Let's catch up. We've been off. So on March 24th, SNK surprisingly revealed Yashiro Nanakase, who is traditionally a part of Team Orochi with Chris and Shermie. Yashiro's trailer begins with him having a quick exchange with Iori before showing off all of his moves, many of them returning from KOF 2002, uh, his one playable appearance, I believe. I don't think he's playable in anything else. There were no big moments in the trailer that I really saw that indicated much change to the graphical appearance of the animations, except when Yashiro showed a short command dash. It had like the, it rendered them like uh, invisible for a second, for a split moment, which was kind of cool, only to reappear on the other side again. So, and then he finished with his uh, his final super. I believe it was also cut off uh, the final super, but uh, they've done that with a couple of characters. Yeah, I'm kind of hating that. That like they'll they'll set up a super. But they won't even show what it looks like, or they'll They've not even show them. like one frame of the super. They'll be like, "Here's the start," and then it's like, "That's it, welcome," yeah. or whatever the heck they do at the end. And I'm just like, "Okay, cool." King of Fighters 15. Ding. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. "Oh no, shatter all of all expectations, right?" Um, yeah, it's weird. They've they've showed us some. They then show us others. So that was weird. He was one of them that uh, the final super was omitted. We'll see. Maybe they're just not finished with it. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on Yashiro. Um, visual design, what do you think about him? I like him. I am with the I am with the South American community in the fact that I'm hyped for this dude. He looks awesome. I like the new redesign where he doesn't have those stupid belts that was like super 90s. I like <laughs> okay. the 1997 belt that like signifies when he came out. You know, I like that. Oh, that's lore? That, so, you remember how in 1997, that the KOF had a game, and that's when he came out in that year? Not playable, the, though, right? Yeah, I guess he was playable? I don't remember. Basically, the belt is the signifying that, hey, this is when I first came out in the to the world. Okay. And I thought that was like a nice little touch, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's a nice little nod you got there. I like that his gameplay is still the same, but it looks mm-hmm. like you're still going to be hype and punch man. I really do right. hope that his super is the same where you just mash to beat the crap out of your opponent so you can see all the sweat lords at, a, at Evo tournaments smashing their hands brutally onto their fight stick and hearing nothing but the loudest noise possible for them to get mm-hmm. the super out. It, it, he seems cool. Like, honestly, I think he looks cool. I like his move list. His theme is... It's okay. It's okay. That's about it. It's it's all right, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you overall on all those things. One thing I don't really like about him, and this was an issue too in 2002 as well, I do think he's a really cool-looking character. He's actually a character that I would play probably. But um, his move list is a little linear in the way that he just kind of goes left to right. But um, 
yeah, he's a he's just a very like really uh, straightforward, punchy type dude, and he's um, I don't know, he's cool. The one thing that I do think it's interesting about uh, about his trailer is the fact that I didn't see it coming because when's the last time Shermie's and Chris have been in the game? So if you figure if you played a SNK heroines, you would find out that yes, Shermie's alive, which means yes, they're back. They're all alive, so that's cool. So I'm assuming this means that with the the fact that everybody's alive now, it seems like they'll be in the game. I think Shermie will actually really fit the art style for King of Fighters 15 very well. So at the end of SNK Heroines for Shermie, her ending says that they they get the band back together, but they don't remember being with um, Orochi. So I'm afraid that mm. people are going to be expecting the Orochi versions of all three of them, but they're not going to be there because they never were. They don't remember being with Orochi in the first place. The only thing I'm I'm worried about is the fact that as soon as Shermie gets announced, everyone's going to do the same thing they're doing with uh, the latest character that was just announced, mm. which is oh. damn her jiggle physics are freaking amazing on the butt and in the the front. You know what? We'll talk about that when we get uh, when we get to mine. But um, I actually have something to comment about that. So let's let's move over to King. So on March thirty first, twenty twenty one, SNK released one of the most recognizable faces in the King of Fighters franchise, that being the Art of Fighting's legacy, classy French bartender. My favorite character. Well, not my favorite character, but one of my favorite characters. She's always on my team. That being King. Uh, King is accompanied by a spooky looking stage with a haunted house theme as well as a slightly altered visual design. We'll get to that later. While she still demonstrates uh, most of her traditional moves, such as Venom Strike and Trap Shot, King also showed some new weapons in her arsenal, such as a new-looking overhead and a revised super attack. For her, we actually got to see the super attack, which was nice. King is the traditionally the leader of the women's fighter team, and her inclusion in King of Fighters 15 comes by no surprise, as we've already seen Mai and Yuri in the game. So thoughts on King. I have a, just something to say here. So visual design, I love King. Every single uh, King of Fighters that I play, she's always on my team. Honestly, I think you secretly just love Muay Thai fighters. Because every time, <laughs> every time I see you playing any fighting game, you pick the Muay Thai fighter, and I'm just like, all right, secretly I think that <laughs> you're just a huge Muay Thai fighter lover. And you're just so not fun. trying to say. <laughs> They're so fun. But I love King. I think she's really classy. You know me. I love classy characters. And the Muay Thai definitely helps, right? That's why I really like Joe as well. But the design. Listen, I always liked the fact that King was not like your typical female character, right? She's kind of tomboyish. She had the short hair, but she's still very feminine. And But she she had like a lot of confidence there. So I I did like that. Here... I don't mind like from like the neck down. It's all fine. The the face is a little weird to me. I don't even mind the hair. A lot of people are giving King shit for like having Karen hair. And it kind of is Karen hair, but I don't even mind that as much. Something about her face didn't animate well in my opinion. It didn't look very good. And it just felt off. I will say I kept watching it over and over again. I think I've warmed up to this design of King, but I would love, love to see if they could just tweak it a little bit and maybe if they could, you know, maybe lengthen the hair a little bit and just have her 
slightly altered face because she she looks a little strange to me but maybe that's the, the intention and the design i don't know what timeline we're dealing with here so i don't know if there's any sort of um if there's a year skip or whatever so well we'll see i can explain something about that but it, it morely mostly focus on the next character that we'd have to announce okay so before we do that let me go on my thoughts on the character so visual design wise, I like it. They kept with the classy look, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. do anything different to her. You know, they didn't her move list is the same. OK, there's something I wanted to praise 15 for doing that has been like I've been so excited and happy for, which is all these moves we removed in the previous games. We're bringing them back. Right. Yeah, that's cool. That every time I see a new trailer for King of Fighters, it's like, hey, you remember this move? Yeah, we brought it back. Did you see her double strike? Yeah. Her double strike doesn't look like a super anymore, like a one bar super. It looks like you're just spending EX bar to, to just get it. So that's kind of neat. And what I like the most is that a lot of combos that shouldn't connect are connecting now, which means that now. Oh, trap character- shot, dude. Yeah, like people are having, people are going to be able to be doing crazy th- new things. There's like mm. so much more versatility in this game. I'm already excited. Yeah, I I will say that the gameplay is really starting to like open up now and you can get you get to see it a little bit more. So that's that that is really exciting. I was also really happy with her move list. It it felt more 13-ish than than 14. So it was uh it was nice to see the fact that she does she can she can cancel so many of her specials now to each other. So it it was it was really nice to see. Um her this the stage, the spooky stage is actually kind of neat. I like that. And the theme was also it's not the best theme that I've heard, but it's still pretty good. So I have notes on that. So okay. these are the the stage and the the theme is actually a callback to her her stage and theme from Fatal Fury Two. Mm, so I think cool. that I think the fact that they bring their, they're bringing these backs is just like they're saying, "Hey, look, we we do recognize the old games, you know, like we recognize Fatal Fury, we recognize Art of Fighting, you know." Because King of Fighters yeah. is basically just a celebration of all the fighting game series together from SNK. So, like, why not celebrate the old games by bringing back old stages and old themes, you know? I agree. No, so, they're doing a good job. They're really doing... You know what? I gotta say, props to SNK for, like, w- once a week bringing the heat, you know? Like, mm-hmm. once a week, they always are like, hey, every every tuesday they come out on twitter and be like guess who's the new character and then every wednesday it's like here's a new character i'm like yo thank you yeah they found a rhythm and you know how i am i I talk about fighting in pr all the time and how atrocious it is outside of nrs really and they've really found a groove now and in my opinion this is such a smart decision to to just be constantly in the mind of the community every week Wednesday, 8 p.m., or I guess 9 p.m. now because it's um, daylight savings. But on Wednesday night, you're going to get a trailer and you're going to still thinking about King of Fighters 15. And, and who knows how many characters this game will have. We, we talked about it three weeks ago, but we might get 50 characters in this game and that will take us all the way to December. So you're talking about a really long-term stay in, in, the, in the mind of of fighting and consumer so it's it's a really good way of constantly promoting your game without having to to overdo it and oversell all the time so they they really i think uh, they made a good move with these weekly trailers i, I like that uh, that thinking process pr wise there's no complaints with king at all except 
Her face, yeah, kind of looks bad. But Mai looks different than she did when they first showed her off. Like, she looks a lot cleaner and a lot better, which means that they might do that with King. Like, they might just touch up characters before the end of the game and just be like, hey, see what we can do to fix this or that. Because her face, when they first announced, uh, showed off Mai, kind of looked off. You know, like, it looked like they knew what they were doing with the design of the character, but the face wasn't there. But then, right. in this new trailer, you, you, you could see her face is clearly, like, there, her body's there, everything's there. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, I think they One have... One last note on King, though, before we move on to my... I'm, King could look butt ugly. Like, I don't care. I'll still play her in every <laughs> single... She'll always be on my team. I just want to put that out there, like... She could look. She can have Arakune's face on her on her body. I'll still play King. So, um, I do hope they touch her up, like you said. Hopefully, they they notice that uh, you know she's a little off traditionally to what she's been in the modern era. I know in in older games she looks more more and more like just like a dude because first of all her name is King and she's very tomboyish. She wears suits, so. Well, her Nobody story has always do. been that she's wanted to she's wanted to dress and act like a guy so that people would treat her seriously. So yeah, hey man, I take her seriously. She's she's a scary woman, but uh, just a little tweak of the face. That's all I ask. Not not, not nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, let's move on to mine. So this happened yesterday. So on April seventh, twenty twenty one, SNK revealed Fatal Furies and Team Women's Fighter staple Mai. Mai has been a character seen throughout a lot of these trailers, right? She was predominantly in the the launch trailer which you talked about and i think most recently we also saw her in the andy bogart trailer right she had a little bit of banter with andy when he had his trailer to be fair so, her whole entire story is literally how do i get inside andy's pants since right. like every game so of course she's going to be in that trailer <laughs> he's a lucky man i gotta tell you but she we knew that she's in the game we knew she, she was going to get the next trailer because we thought of Team's Women's Fighter, the fact that we got King and, and Yuri, so here comes Mai, right? The weird part is that King is normally the leader, so we thought she would be the last one. But nevertheless, my trailer was, it came out yesterday, and it was really the first example of, that we got, like, extended uh, preview for Max Mode cancel combos, because we saw her do a lot of really neat stuff with, with Max Mode, uh, especially canceling uh i think she canceled a couple supers together into like the max mode super so it was, it was really he cool did to a see. thing that would technically require six meters if max mode takes a meter which is yeah. getting people to think that max mode might actually just be its own meter which mm -hmm. means that you you can like use max modes meter to do exes go into max mode and then you'd have your own separate meter that you build to just burn the spark is different too so yeah it's making me think like what you just said. It could be its own thing. So that's cool. It's all exciting, right? The fact that we don't know, it's it's exciting. Um, she has she, no new stage, right? But she did have uh, the soundtrack that she she came in with the trailer. So again, to, to many people's surprise, mine included, there was no tie-in to mine being in her traditional role as a team or as a member of Team Women's Fighter alongside Yuri and uh, and usually the designated leader it's king so nothing at the end of the trailer so it is to be seen if yuri and king will now be a part of team art of fighting so most likely the the leader of that will be rio and mai will join two others in a, like a newly established uh 
team women's fighters. So we'll see. It could be Blue Mary. It could be Hinanko. It could be a lot of different uh, combinations there. So. Hell, it could be, uh, what's her name? Tristy? What was her name? Basically, it was just female Terry. Are you talking about Alice? Alice, yeah. It could be Alice. I mean... Yeah, could be Alice. She was in 14. And we'll see on that. Um, just to note now, only K-Dash and Leona have yet to receive character trailers from the initial debut trailer roster from January of this year. All right, let's get o- let's get this this over with. Visual design, yes, she's horny looking. Next. Move list. So? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I actually disagree. Do you think you really believe that? She looks the same as she's done all the time. So, yes, I like her design, okay? Like although, although I will say this, I like the fact that they added some rose petal designs to her her outfit. Mm-hmm. As far as her her actual character design, I do think she looks similar to how she's always been. One thing I do want to note, and I believe I said this during the Yuri trailer as well. Did you notice her eyes, like you commented on earlier during the um, the launch trailer? She looked a little weird. Forget the arm and all that. That was really weird too. But like her, her face got a modification since that launch trailer. Her eyes specifically, I said this during the Yuri trailer, I love the way she looks in the face it's she has really sharp eyes and she's like more serious she has like a sharpness to her eyes which i really really love i think it's like a unique take on on the character yeah i do like my facial structure like when, as soon as i saw her really like good. that was the first thing i saw i was like wow her face looks really good really really good i think she's the second best looking character personally for me behind chizuru i, I love the way chizuru looks i, I mm-hmm. just she's she's such a cool character design Behind her, I think Maya is the best looking character in this game. I loved everything about her. You were talking about, before we get to removalist, you were talking about the jiggle physics. I actually disagree in that, that like she does have it, but compared to previous games, I actually think they toned it down significantly. Like it's not as apparent. You look at some of her specials, her super at the end, especially, it's not crazy, which I actually like. It's not the the over fan service is not so distracting like 13 was nuts and i was just like all right this is distracting but here i just thought it was she looked i act for once i like i looked at my and i didn't look at her as like uh like a sexy bimbo yeah she looked like a fighting in character like this is a ninja girl and i was just like yeah i can get behind that so um she in my opinion i think she looks great i loved everything about her character design all right so yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep track. The next trailer is going to be really interesting. So now yeah. we really don't know what's going on. The next trailer, I'm actually excited because uh, we had we had some gimmies these last couple of weeks. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. So I would like to personally walk us down memory lane a little long time ago. Go ahead. Stay. I rem- I remember a while ago. I told everybody I had a dream, and my dream was that Melty Blood would come out with an HD game and that we'd get CVS 3. Well, 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 if isn't part one of my dream that people said would never exist comes out. Amazing. What a timeline, huh? It, a what time to be alive. You know? People told me for years, they said, stop, stop wanting, stop wishing for Melty Blood HD. Melty Blood HD will never exist, you know? I, you don't know how many times people would tell They're me. Right, technically, right? Because this is not Melty Blood HD. It, it isn't, but it is, okay? But, like, people told me for years they will never make another Melty Blood, okay? Stop trying to wish for another Melty Blood. Melty Blood's dead, all right? 
Well, 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 look who's eating their words now. The dream is alive, my friend. The dream is alive. And obviously, we're way behind on this, right? We're like three weeks behind. This is something else. I did not see this coming. But you know what? I probably should have seen it coming because of the fact that I've been covering this. And then it went dormant. And then I brought it up again. And then it was Tsukihime. So there was a little confusion there. Well, let's get started on this then. So on March 25th, 2021, the fighting game community got an announcement that they could only dream of a confirmation that a new Melty Blood fighting game is in the works. In fitting anime fighting game poverty fashion, the press release came by way of the Type Moon Ace magazine in Japan, which revealed that a new entry to the beloved Melty Blood franchise will be released this year, accompanied by the title Melty Blood Type Lumina, as well as multiple screenshots from the game. The screenshots only showed four characters, those being Shiki Tono, Arcuid Brunstead, and Akia Tono and CL, with her super showcasing a transformation to her powered CL form. The few details which have been confirmed to us right now with regards to the game is that Type Lumina will not have every character that was available previously due to different timeline reasons as the game will actually be a prequel to the upcoming Tsukihime A Piece of Blue Glass Moon which is a remake to the original Tsukihime. It's always got to be some weird shit with the Fate series. It can never be straightforward. It's it's always like this. I don't yeah. I feel bad for the people who are actually like keep up with the like the lineage of the Fates franchise, but it's always convoluted obscure whack shiz it's annoying i mean sometimes i hate that i love melty blood the weirdest thing is that dave you know Shion, right yeah i call her scion but yeah what elton basically let's just call her (laughs) elton yeah i love the fact that for the longest time they kept bringing her back and like in fate they were like oh yeah she's 30 years old and every time Eltnum's on anything. She's always talking about Melty Blood. Like, yo, catch me in Melty Blood, you scrubs. Or, you know, there's an actual good game out there. It's called Melty Blood, the best fighting she game ever. She talks about in Eunice. Yeah, she talks about in literally anything that she's in. She won't stop talking about Melty Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now a new Melty Blood comes out, and she's not even in it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's such a... It's, it's so fitting for, for French bread to do shit like this and for the... It's not it even French Bread's fault. It's actually Type Moon's fault. It's Type Moon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is Type Moon. Like, I'm pretty it's, sure French Bread was like, yo, can we put our character in the game? And they're like, no, she's not in yet. And they're like, what do you mean she's not in yet? And they're like, yeah, this is a prequel now, not a sequel. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Kimone was just like, what the? What? It's, pro- it's probably like, all right, I guess. <laughs> let's, uh, Fuck it, let's fine. do it. Yeah, he's over there still fiddling, trying to put rollback in under nut. He's like, wait, no Scion. The good thing is, speaking of rollback, it has also been confirmed that the game will use uh, rollback netcode, which is most definitely a positive factor with regards to the competitive potential of the game. You know what I love about that announcement? Mm -hmm. That was the most frame one announcement I've ever seen in my life. Because in one minute, they said, hey, Melty coming out. In another minute, there's an interview immediately out with Kimone saying, yes, rollback is in the game. Yep. Like, they, didn't even, let, they didn't even let that like question come up. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. They're probably looking at KOF 14 or KOF 15 every week. People are be like, hey, this character is sick, but how's the rollback coming? Or is, is rollback confirmed? I know you guys were saying that you were looking at it. So they probably just wanted to get ahead of it. Be like, listen, this game is exists. It will have rollback. Stay tuned, which is a great way of of doing it. Just confirm it right off the bat so people, these Twitter monsters won't stop, uh, won't start every week, you know, being like, hey, rollback, rollback. So, yeah. Um, smart. Smart by them. Lastly, Melty Blood Type Lumina will be set to launch sometime in 2021 on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Switch. While there hasn't been a PC announcement yet, and it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that the game will eventually find its way on Steam, similar to Actress Again current code. It is presumed that the game will follow the release of Tsukihime, A Piece of Blue Glass Moon, which comes out in Japan on August 26th, 2021. Still no Western release date, I don't believe. To be fair, Melty Blood is a prequel, so I mean, if you really wanted to get in on the story, you would have to play Melty Blood before Tsukihime. So it would actually be more. It would actually make more sense for them to release Melty Blood first. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. In addition to this press release, five days later, the official Melty Blood type Lumina website and Twitter page added content to it. It was empty for a bit. Uh, with regards to the game and its upcoming playable characters, as well as an official debut gameplay trailer. So that's that's cool. We didn't have to wait very long, only about a week. So before we start dissecting this trailer and all the questions that we have for this, and you know, I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about Type Lumina, one thing, Hollywood gets no credit, ever. I talked about this game. Remember when they... they um, redid the the license or whatever the trademark for melty blood and i covered this last year i was like hey that was really quiet the way they did it they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna renew melty blood in korea we're gonna renew melty blood in all these territories and nobody was really looking at it and here we go so i'm just saying hollywood never, never gets credit i've been talking about it forever we've been talking about this to everyone and no one believed us and thought we were madmen. what is wrong with you guys all right yeah so it's uh, it's nice to see that they actually went through Because, you know, sometimes when you get these trademarks, it happened with Darkstalkers, right? And all of a sudden you see Morgan and Tepan and you're like, ah, shit, like, that's not what I wanted. I want a new Darkstalker. So it's nice that we didn't get jabated this time. They actually did, you know, they, re, um, they redid the trademark for all these territories for Melty Blood. We got a new Melty Blood. So what about the way it came out? Isn't it like so fitting? The fact that like, hey, by the way. In a magazine. Nope. Nothing, yeah, nothing on Twitter. Somebody had to take screenshots of a magazine and then put it out online. It's like, it's such a, it's such a poverty anime behind the Denny's type shit to do. And I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> you know what I find hilarious is that Type Moon literally is only known for Tsukihime and Fate. And yet they're so popular. They have a monthly magazine it's about news. <laughs> so nuts. Like, what? That's crazy. What? That's wild. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. Um, let's talk about the game. I wrote some notes here about Type Lumina and kind of walk through through this with me. So uh, the game looks to be adapting the art style of the new Tsukihime, right? Like if you look at uh, the characters, they look the way they did in that Tsukihime trailer that we saw a few months ago. How do you feel about this being a prequel as opposed to a sequel being like this is this follows Melty Blood, Actress Again, Current Code, as opposed to this is before new glass blue moon whatever that's called no 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 what is that called a piece, piece of, of blue, blue glass, glass moon. moon sorry 
Yeah, whatever. <sighs> I'm kind of upset because it actually limits how many characters can be in the game. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of characters that people love that is introduced way later in the Tsukihime story arc that is All in Melty Blood. Like, some people are already saying, okay, if this is before Tsukihime, then what's her name? The the little karate girl is out. Sion Eltnum's out. Like, this character's out. Is your out. character in? Who? Is your character in? Your personal main? I mean, I've been a fucking main character loyalist since day one. So, yeah, I, I play Tono, Shiki. Okay, okay. But see, my both of my characters aren't in, like... Koma's not in, and Satsuki's not in. Now, I mean, Satsuki might have a chance, but... Yeah. Um, I was also going to say... I was also going to say, I also play... Uh, what's her name? Ciel? Yeah, Ciel. So, yeah. the fact that Ciel's back in the game is nice. Um, how'd, you, how'd you think about her powered version being a super now, not a separate character? No, it's always been a super. No, she has a separate character. No, that... Yes, but it's been a super of hers since forever. I know, but... So what I'm saying is, oh, you, it, it doesn't eliminate. You're saying it doesn't eliminate her. It doesn't form. eliminate that form, but yes, her one of her supers is literally her doing where she takes off her uh, her nun outfit, she stabs you with the gun, shoots you, and then she puts her robe back on. I'm not kidding. That's actually her super. So they just Are brought you it sure? back. Yes, maybe it's the it's the final super, but I don't think it's that's one of her supers. So yes, her regular super is the one where she throws all the knives at you. That's one of her supers, yes. But literally, she does have a super where literally she... No, I don't know. I don't play her, so I might have to start. So sorry, I cut you off. So you were saying that you don't like the fact that this is a prequel as opposed to a sequel? Yeah, because it, it limits how many characters can be in the game. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what, how I can see them fixing this issue. One, after Tsukuhime releases, and Tsukuhime is probably going to have like story iterations where like, they fill in the story of Tsukihime from like this is beginning. Here's some intro. I mean, here's some like later on story, and then here's the end of the, of this first arc of Tsukihime. And then they like after that, they're like, okay, you can add DLC to your characters because here's the established characters from this game is finished, so you can add them into Melty Blood. Or they're gonna have to make another Melty Blood that follows. After Tsukihime is finished, you know? And then they're going to have to make another Tsukihime. So I basically, was gonna say, don't you think there, there's going to be another piece of red glass moon or something? Like, yeah, what I'm that, thinking. That can't be the only Tsukihime. No, it's not going to be the only Tsukihime that's in the works. So, what I'm saying is that Melty Blood fans are going to probably have the problem that Street Fighter 2 had and Street Fighter 4 had, which is basically if you really want to be in a Melty Blood player, you're going to have to play Melty Blood. Melty Blood, Lumina, Type Cadanza, Lumina, Actress Again, Rebirth of a New Nation. <laughs> Central Fiction. Central Fiction, Calamity Explosion. Arena. L- Arena of New Birth. <laughs> of Strive. Driving, striving towards the New Earth. Oh, God. You know, you say that, like, jokingly. But Type Moon would be like, hey, actually, that sounds pretty good. Actually. <laughs> They'll take you up on that. Okay, let's let's move on. So gameplay visually looks similar, in my opinion, to Undernight, but still has that Melty Blood feel. It does. Honestly, I was like, so here's the thing. The camera is very close, but mm. it doesn't feel like 
it's too close, if you know what I mean. Like, it's a little bit closer, so, like, it feels like it's a little bit more footsie-based. Right. Which people are thinking that maybe this is the mix. This is, like, the midway point between Melty Blood and Uni. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't mind that. Well, the you know? stage, like, it, we're, we're closer to the screen, so it looks like Undernight. But the stage still has that melty feel where it's still a little claustrophobic. Like, you can't, like, melty stage, like, rather, like, undernight stages are really wide. Like, you can get from point A to point B. It'll take you a little while. But with melty, is like, you're right there. Like, one combo and you're there. So it feels melty in that way. Just the design of the characters and, and the, the visually, the way it looks, it looks like undernight. So I, I like the fact that they almost have a hybrid in between the two. It looks good. Mm-hmm. The UI. We didn't get to see a lot from the trailer because it wasn't very long and half of it was all text that gives you random sayings that don't make any sense because it's the Fate franchise. But anyway, the UI, in my opinion, looked great. I love the way it looked as far as the information display on screen. You saw like the invincibility and arc drive and counter indicators and all those that like show up on the like the, the left side or the right side, depending on where the character is being hit. I like and... the fact that they showed off last arcs are still in the game. Mm-hmm. With Tonoshiki yeah. doing the last arc, that was that's a good thing to do. Like, make sure that people are not guessing if they've been up X... front with like it's so early. They've been up front. Rollback is in the game. Last arcs are in the game. It's cool. I like it. Before we get to the moons, because that's the the next thing, the the UI. Um, I don't know if you have any gripes with it. I had one. The life bars are a little bland. Like, there's not much going on there. I just kind of wanted to change the life bars and. Um, perhaps make the meter a little bit bigger. Like it's, I can see it. It's fine. It's not like the tension bar and in, uh, in Guilty Gear or like the risk, right? In the in the early builds and Strive, that is. Um, you can see it. It just sometimes it blends in, and I was like, oh, when there's a lot of things happening, it's kind of hard to keep track of. So um, either make the color from the way how yellow it is now to maybe make it pop a little more into the screen, or just make the whole box bigger. Um, then spicing off the life bars, I think, would be cool. But uh, outside of that, I thought the UI was was really good. Yeah, I think they're trying to just go with the original Melty UI, which isn't a bad thing. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. if you're going to make a new game and a version after a long point, why not just go back to the original UI? I mean, no one's going to complain. That has amazing UI, too. Old Melty Blade has um, excellent UI. The indicators, everything on screen that you need, where you should look for it um it looks it looks great but still i mean you don't want to stay in the same archaic not archaic because that it's a it's a negative term for for the old ui but it, you know you classic do want to evolve look. a little bit that's what yeah. you want to say classic look. just mo- modernize it a little bit that's all i'm asking like you know i i i like the fact that you're staying true to your roots but it's also 2021 so let's see if we can get a little bit you know with the time so i'm not saying you go crazy but I'm saying a little spice for the uh, the life bar won't do uh, any harm. So we'll see what they do. Animations? What did you think of those? I thought they looked great. Character yeah. models? They look the same as they did. Okay, so the animation looks the same as Old Melty. Like, mm-hmm. everyone animates the same. I was like, oh my gosh. Am I just looking at, like, what Melty would look like if they actually went ahead and did it? I was like, oh man, this is, looks awesome. Like, you remember how whenever, um, what is it? Tono's sister, uh, Tono's sister Akiha did her her grab super that she's always had. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, they literally frame for frame remade that super. Yeah, like, that is amazing. 
that's what I'm saying. Like, it looks like uni, but it feels like melty. Like, how did they achieve that? It's so impressive. It's a frame it, for it's, frame. Everything yeah. looks like melty, but it just has that uni look to it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they really went in hard on this game. I feel like they really wanted to make melty. And so, like, with uni, they were like, all right, how do we make how do we make a game that we want to make look better? Like, I feel like uni was yeah. a test drive for melty, which was the game they really wanted to make. Yeah. It's, it's such a, you have to credit them on this. It's such a hard balance to achieve because of the fact that what do we say about melty? Like the animations are just so smooth, right? Like everything transitions. It's so fluid. It looks great. Um, even to this day. And, you know, not to say that Undernight doesn't have fluid animations, but not like Melty. They managed to give us the graphical fidelity almost of, of Undernight, which is pretty pretty to look at, um, especially for the art style, but still maintain that smoothness and that flow in the animations of the characters. So it's a, such a great combination. I'm so glad that they managed to achieve it because it, that is Melty to me. Like the way you, you can't mistake seeing Melty once you, once you see it in motion because it, it just it feels... Um, very flowy, very, um, very in sync. So it's, uh, yeah, so far one trailer, I think they, they really nailed that. And also I saw that they have auto combos. They even admitted, yes, we have auto combos to be fair. Since this is a prequel and not a sequel, let there be auto combos because I'm pretty sure there's going to be people that want to watch the Tsukihime, not just watch. They want to read. Like, I'm not going to complain that there's auto combos. The reason why I'm not complaining is because I know for a fact that there's people, you know, like how in Persona they had to have auto combos because yeah. there's Persona fans that don't know how to play fighting games, just so but they want to lore. Going. Yeah, just so you can keep getting to the story. Yeah, that makes sense. Fighting games that have connections with other games that are popular, I'm okay with you having auto combos because it's like you have an audience that are generally not into fighting games and if they're heavily invested into the lore, they're probably going to want to see what the lore is. So give them a fighting chance, you know? Like, don't just throw them into the wolves and be like, fuck it, figure it out, you know? Well, especially the way French Bread deals with auto combos. Them and Arxis, at least old Arxis with the way they did Persona, those auto combos are great. There's nothing, in my opinion, I know there's a lot of detractors. I think those combos are excellent. They let you into the game as a beginner, and they also let you manipulate the game as an intermediate player to an expert player. You're able to use them on both uh, sides of the the skill tree, if, if you want to talk about it. So like, um, they'll do a fine job, I think, with with auto combos. It won't be won't be an issue. So I'm I'm definitely okay with having auto combos made by French Bread in this game. They'll they'll do a good job. Honestly, I feel like it's just going to be like Uniclear's auto combos, where yeah. it's basically you just press A, yep, and then A is going to give you into a lead you into an auto combo, just like Uniclear. Like I don't see them going too crazy, where it's like every button you press does a combo. At high know? level, those Uni uh, auto combos are used as frame traps too. So. Um, it, they'll do a fine job, I'm, I'm sure. Let's talk about Moon Styles, my friend. Yeah. What do you think? You think they're they're in the game, or do you think uh, it's another form of meter? I saw those two arguments being like, okay, the original Melty Blood didn't have moons. So, what if this is just because this is a prequel, 
and not, you know, a sequel of a sequel of a sequel of a sequel of a sequel. Mm-hmm. What if they're trying to harken back to that, you know? So I don't mind them not having moons right now, so long as the final version of Melty has moons, you know? So what do you think the moons are? I think it's a new meter. Okay. Because some of those moons in those trailers looked a little too full. Like, I don't remember having a waning crescent or a no. waxing, yeah. like, you know, new moon in, in the series. I, all I remember was there was a crescent, a half moon, and a full moon. There was no, like, in-betweens, and you saw in-between moons in those trailers. So I'm okay. You know what it could be? It could be a new burst meter. Could be a burst. Could be a comeback mechanic of some sort. Yeah, and you know what? That's fine. And then later, you have another moon where that moon is your your style change, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. Again, give them a chance to make a new game, okay? Yeah. Do not force them to remake the old game that you love. Let them try to do their own thing. And then after they have their base, they can expand upon it, you know? That's an interesting theory, yeah. So I didn't get to to Melty Blood um, before Actress again, so I didn't even play Akadenza and all that. I've played when it already had moons, so I didn't really know that it didn't have moons to begin with. I will say it's a it's a huge part of Melty to have moons, and I will say I'd be okay if this was another form of meter, or if it's a comeback mechanic, or even if it's a form of like V trigger. If they want to do that, that's fine too. But we just spoke about it. This game potentially could have 10 characters at launch. And what the moons did with old Melty is that it lets you play one characters in three different ways, which was... Technically, if they did have moons in this game, that would actually be 30 characters you're playing. That's what I'm saying. So not having the moons takes away from the variety of the characters, especially with a smaller roster. So it... I hope that they're able to counteract that by making something like a gameplay change that does add more layers to the depth that the old Melty had. So we'll see how they approach that. But um, like you said, I'm okay with not copying every single thing from the old into the new. But also it's a fine line that you want to walk, right? Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you really have to make sure that you're putting the things that are essential from the old game and the new game and the ones that you think you can tweak or or change or rebalance or modernize for this new era, those are the ones that you really uh, change or take a look at. So we'll see. I, I, I know. I think I, for the most part, really love French bread games. So I think they'll do a and, good job. We'll see what they do with the, with this one. And also French bread creators are also players of the game. Like yep. they, they're, they know what's, what's bullshit. They know what's, what's good and what's bad, all right? Freaking Kimone complained just as much as we all did about F. Hime, okay? He knew that that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure they, with them being not only just creators but also players of the game, that if they spot anything bad, they can fix it. Like, I, I have faith in that. Yeah, you know? I trust them. I trust them as well. The, the last item here is uh, coming to all consoles but no PC. What do you think... What do you think this is about? It's coming to Xbox, but no. You know, no honestly, honestly, here's the thing. Japan doesn't know what the hell did you with a computer. 
Okay. All right. I, I don't understand why Japan hasn't thought that a computer is a good idea when the rest of the world is like, computers are pretty cool. Well, French you know? Bread has had a track record of coming to PC late and obviously no pun intended. Coming but... to consoles late too. Yeah, coming to consoles late. Exactly. From arcades. But to PC, I mean, we had to wait for for Unist a year to get to get the PC. And then we had to wait for CLR, I believe a month from PlayStation to PC. So they've they've had this tendency of not really also by the way we got Melty Blood on Steam in 2016. So they've de- they've been very slow to react to PC. I see this to be the same the same situation. I don't think they'll release the game on console and PC at the same time, but I think we'll get it a few months down the line. Hopefully, I'm hoping it. We don't have to wait a year because, you know me, I don't want to play this game on PS4, but I will because it's melty. But if if they could really do me a solid, be like, please, put this on PC. Okay, broken. Let's get on to the next news item, and this is close to your heart, your most yep. anticipated game for this year, Guilty Gear Strive update. And uh, so this will be in two pieces because we got some news. A couple days ago, and then we got news, um, rather, we got news last week, and then we got news yesterday. So on March 29th, 2021, Arc System Works updated fans with regards to the early access details of the upcoming fighting game, Guilty Gear Strive. The early access bonus available with the Deluxe and Ultimate Editions of Guilty Gear Strive, which grants users three days early access to the game on June 8th, 2021, will now feature all game modes, including online and all chapters of the story modes, and as well as the whole roster. So all 15 playable characters, as opposed to previously only having access to the story prologue and 13 out of the 15 characters. So now, because of the delay, you get access to Eno and Angie and uh, the full story. So that's kind of cool. The Steam version... The story is going to be copyright whenever june 8th comes out or if it's still and then when june 11th comes out if it's still copyright or people can just like stream the story oh yeah you might because i remember they did it with uh, exert you could only when they had sign out you could only stream the prologue Mm -hmm. so we'll see though i'm sure they'll come out with some sort of announcement once we get closer to the the launch date the the steam version of guilty gears drive will not have the early access perks made available it was also disclosed that a second beta will be held prior to the launch of the game and those who have pre-ordered the game will also receive a one day early access to the beta i believe they touched on the beta on this announcement for a couple days ago so let's move on to that one so on april unless you had any comments for this one no okay go on uh, on April 6, 2021, Arc System Works shared with us some interesting statistics from the surveys following the most recent open beta for Guilty Gear Strive in the fifth volume of the developer's backyard. The dev blog starts with character usage stats, with Ramlethal being an overwhelming pick coming in first in four out of the five regions that were statistically available. Uh, Giovanna following her as the second most used, following by a mix of Soul, Kai, and Naguriyuki. Ramlethal also came in first in all five regions with regards to character popularity voting. What do you think of that? I was a little surprised by Ram being so popular. Um, I'm not, because she's the only character that can get anything off of a 6P anti-air. She, they probably loved her because she was top tier. Because like, I remember when her trailer came out, people thought that she was useless. 
because they're like, wow, they really stripped you. They really gave you nothing. Like, you're going to be ass when the game comes out. And then the beta comes out, and everyone's like, holy crap, she can literally combo off of anything. Mm-hmm. Any stray hit, sure, combo it. Anything that, like, she touches you, you're in the corner. Like, there's no way she cannot put you in the corner and lock you down. Yeah, she's uh, the definition of mid-screen oppression and to trouble in the corner. She was uh, she was really, really good. I ran into a lot of Ramothals when I was playing Potemkin during the beta, so I could... Bro, every Heaven player, a ton of Ramothal. Like, yeah. Now, I do like the fact that South America was like, yo, Giovanna's Brazilian? Mm-hmm. Word. Yeah. No, they, they came out for Giovanna, and they were like, yep, no, that's the character. I'm surprised Giovanna was the second most popular. So I don't think you see that very often where you already have character. Le- yeah, you already have legacy established characters in the game, and you have these newcomers. I know Ramlethal's not a newcomer, but she's still relatively new, right? She only came out in the last game. And Giovanna being completely new, and they're both one and two, so it's uh, it's interesting. Also, Nagoriyuki beating out classic characters like Chip, May, Leo. Yeah. Milia, like Potemkin, like dang. Yeah. Shout outs to Nagoriyuki. Shout outs to the samurai. Next, we take a look at some of the game mode statistics. Training versus and quick match modes all showed favorable results, with the majority of the voting reflecting either very good or good. Tutorial mode sitting at mostly good to average. And lastly, the lobby coming in with over 50% of the votes going to very bad or bad. So no, no surprise there. Um, I felt the same with this, with this, these statistics. I felt the same about the, um, about the lobby and everything else. I felt, uh, it was, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to come out with a hot take, but we'll get to it whenever we talk about it. Okay. So I, I took down some quotes from uh, Akira Katano, who's the battle director for Guilty Gear Strive. He's been around, he's been very communicative with, uh, uh, Guilty Gear Strive throughout the whole journey of this development. So he had some notes here with regards to the server results. Uh, let's start with the tutorial mode, like you said. So addressing the mist, the mixed reaction, uh, quote, our intent for the tutorial mode in Guilty Gear Strive is to show the player that they can enjoy fighting games without having to study. We intentionally left out explanations of the game mechanics and the different uses for each attack button, end quote. We also added that uh, we checked the result data and replays from the first floor of the rank tower and saw many matches where neither player used special moves or every game mechanic. We will brush up on the finer aspects of this mode, but for the most part, we felt this style of tutorial was successful. What do you think about that, that they looked at the first floor to get that data? Okay. I think that this tutorial is one of the better tutorials, not the best, but one of the better tutorials in fighting game history. You ready for why? Okay. For one, tutorials are designed for people that don't know how to play fighting games. They are not designed for people like us that know how to do fighting game moves, right? Two, if tutorials are designed for new people that don't know how to play fighting games, one of the first things they do not need to do have is a goddamn dump lore on how to do every goddamn mechanic in the most textbook style snooze fest in the world. Can you do a punch? Congratulations. Next next page. Can you walk? Good. Next page. I hate fighting game tutorials. They are the most bare bones, checklist, fucking bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. I agree to an extent. Um, 
not as a whole. There's some tutorials out there that like even I learn some interesting things and I was like, oh, that was kind of neat. But for the most part, you're right. Like I do flip through the pages to be like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, okay. That was kind of cool. So exactly. Like, there are some gems in there. Now, here's the thing. Mission mode has always been the way for, I want to deep dive into the mechanics. So with this, so like they said, tutorial mode is basically you jumping into the waters to test the waters, right? Mm-hmm. They show you, yes, this is how the game works. Here's some buttons. Press them if you want to. Wow, your opponent's life went to zero. Congratulations. You now know that fighting games exist. Now, now that you are a, a chickling who has just graduated from freaking preschool, you can go to mission mode if you want to. Now you know how to play your character. Here's, here's a detailed list. So going from like, here's some buttons, here's some specials, here's some supers, here's his instant kill, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now, mission mode wasn't available during the beta, right? It wasn't during the beta, but, you know, they're gonna, they said that they're going to add it. Yeah. So what I'm saying course. is, do not dump everything all at once on somebody. Not even action games. Not even shooters. No genre actually dumps everything that you can do at once in a game, except for fighting games. And that is probably why people do not like to get into fighting games, because they're like, Holy crap, there's like a thousand things I need to do and I need to learn immediately at once. Instead of being like, hey, congratulations, you did this. Go play the game for a bit. Come back and we'll teach you some more mechanics, you know? Like, instead of dumping everything at once, let them breathe. I I agree with you. Especially, I think you do have a point because we saw this example with Tekken. There were a lot of people in the beginning of Tekken 7's lifespan that said there's no tutorial in the game and this game is too advanced to not have a tutorial in. But then you saw some of the metrics out there and it didn't seem to really deter new people to try Tekken because the game itself at a low level, it's pretty simple, it's straightforward. Like you just hit the dude and hopefully he dies and you do that three times and then you win the game. So with this having an abridged tutorial for a game that does have some intricacies but i will still say maybe not as much as previous iteration of this game this could have been a smart move by them and not that i'm actually thinking about it it does make sense that they looked at the first floor stats because those are the people who would most likely need a tutorial so if they're getting evidence from the statistics that supporting their notion with the tutorial then it means that they've they got what they wanted out of the mode itself. So I think uh, by design, they probably consider that a success. When the game comes out, I think we'll get more more feedback, especially if uh, this game does come to fruition with the way it's looking, with the fact that it is appealing to newcomers. So when we get non-FGC people playing this game, trying the tutorial mode, we'll get more feedback that way. We'll really find out if they made the right decision. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I agree with your sentiment. It's not... Not as bad as it seems to not be so handholdy in the beginning stages of a fighting game and then showing the intricacies later. But uh, let's let's move on to some more of the stuff that Katano here said. So we have, like you said, so the launch version will have mission mode, which will teach elements of specific game mechanics to people whenever they they choose to to learn more about the game. So that's good. Now, Katano also acknowledged 
the concerns from the community regarding the lobby. This was the biggest feedback point from when we played the beta. Um, I put a video on my YouTube channel that's all about Pringle talking about, for the most part, the lobby and how much he hated it. So he wasn't the only one. It was Obama. It was pretty much everybody that played the lobby had some sort of an issue with it. So this is what Katano said. Quote, the online lobby is the area from the test that we need the most work on. And we have determined we have determined needs to be improved before release. Even aside from the server issues, it was difficult to use and hard to understand how it worked. Although we continually worked on internal improvements following last year's closed beta test, we realized we let everyone down. I just want to say something here. So... Every week we go on here and we talk about fighting games. And when he said that sentence, I actually really like Katano. I think his heart's in the right place. I think he's a really good battle director. And he cares about this game. I I, I think when I saw him speak so candidly at uh, New Game Plus Expo that we covered a few weeks back, uh, you could tell that like he really wants this game to succeed. He, he put a lot into making this game successful and he wants the fans to really enjoy it. So I I actually do think that he's doing a really good job and he cares a lot. When he said that we realized we'd let everyone down, it it made me feel bad because I'm also part of the problem. Like I shit on this game openly. And uh, sometimes we forget like as, as people that like we put a lot of work into things and we want other people to, um, to enjoy them. And it doesn't always work out that way. So when he says that we let everybody down, like uh, I, I believe him that he actually thinks that way, and um, it sucks. No one ever that wants to make a product that sucks. Like no, no one ever no, no, no. wants a product that like, yeah, like again, you, when you make a product, you want people to see it and be like proud of you, and you know, like that you want them to enjoy that product. No one wants to to. So like I feel like yeah you're right like he wants people to like this game he's mm. he is I think that K- Katano no matter if he's a Potemkin main which probably means Potemkin's <laughs> not getting nerfed <laughs> all right I think that he is as in love with Guilty Gear as Daisuke is his heart's in it I can tell that his heart's in it um we've seen a lot of other people in this industry behind the scenes behind the closed doors of fighting game development that when they come out of the shadows you could tell they're like this ain't it like we know you're here for different reasons he's not one of those people so when he shared that sentiment that he's like i think we failed everybody um it did make me feel bad because um sometimes you know we forget like and, and i'm sure pringle would attest to that as well like we forget that we we almost are desensitized to how you have people working on this stuff to really make other people happy. And uh, a lot of people are just so easy to critique and, and shit on things. And uh, listen, I'm not I'm not innocent in that factor at all. Like I, I've said openly that I had a lot of problems with Drive Pringle as well. So um, I do think his heart's in the right place. And I do think that if it's up to him, he will do everything in his, in his capability to make this game the way he... Uh, he envisions it to to make people happy. So uh, just a little pointer. That's why I added the quote because I do think he uh, he really wants this game to succeed, and I think he'll he'll uh, he'll really walk the uh, the line to get there. So Katano also specified the fixes that are planned for the lobby system, which include uh, changing the system 
where players select a visible area where they want to have a match, adding rematch options, which is very important. That was another gripe from the lobby. Expanding the lobby, adding a dash movement for avatars, basically. So if they're going to expand the lobby, they'll let us traverse it a little easier. And uh, lastly, adding um, an option to hide the news tab. I know Pringle was <laughs> really annoyed with the fact that this giant news section, you could not get rid of it when you're in the lobby. So now you'll be able to to move it aside and actually focus on the lobby. So those are pretty, pretty good fixes that I think uh, hopefully they can get them all ready for launch. One more note here is that these fixes, they're planned to be tested in the next open beta. No date for that yet, but this game is coming out in June. I would assume this the, the beta will probably be around May. So we'll see. Uh, furthermore, data showed that all aspects of the game, ranging from visuals, animations, soundtrack, were all mostly favorable for the community coming at either very good or good. Katano did address the visibility issues, such as characters blending into the background and how the characters interact with different camera angles and shadows, and that they are looking at refining and improving those aspects of the visuals. So I'm sure you, you've noticed it as well. There are certain uh, points on Potemkin screen. stage. Potemkin yeah. stage is a huge... You probably saw it too when you were on Potemkin stage, how like certain characters kind of just blend in with the snow. Yeah, yeah. There's there's other stages too that have a very uh, shadowy areas that it, it makes it a little harder to to see not not to see the character, but especially if you have like really short normals, if if they're masked by a shadow, sometimes you can't really react to them as well. So um, it's good that they acknowledge that they know it's an issue. Hopefully they'll be able to fix it. Uh, he also added that uh, previous Guilty Gear tracks will be available for purchase using in-game currency so you can listen to your favorite Guilty Gear songs while playing Guilty Gear Strive. This, for me, is like the number one thing that I wanted from the presentation. I had no problem with the way the game looks. I did have a little bit of problem with the all the craziness that happens on screen because it's distracting, but I'm sure I'll get used to that. The one thing I didn't like about the game was the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack, in my opinion, presentation-wise, was the... Uh, the, the weakest of, of all presentation aspects. So the fact that I'm able to play all those awesome accent core songs while playing Strive using in-game currency, I'm down for that. So that's that's really good. You know, it's funny. Everyone kind of, everyone is mixed with this music. Like no one is saying that this music is good or bad. Everyone's kind of mixed. Mm -hmm. I like all of the songs, but like one of the few songs I could just like let on repeat is basically eye to eye. Like I can't, I can't just be listening to, you know, smell of the game every five minutes. No, no, um, I, I will definitely use the the jukebox or whatever they're going to call it to be able to have just dirty drive on there all the time or like or suck a sage on there. I'll, I will use any other song than, than the Strive soundtrack because I really did not connect with any of those songs, which is weird because I love Guilty Gear music. Let's move to specific gameplay concerns from the survey data. So this is uh, the first one that players express is that the damage is too high. I, I'm sure you and I feel the same way. It's, it is pretty damn high. Me as a Potemkin player, when I played, uh, not a Potemkin player, but somebody that played Potemkin during the beta, um, I was like, dude, this is, uh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's two potbusters and it's over. So it is very high. Now, Katano expressed the similar reply during 
his uh, initial Q&A section at the New Game Plus Expo a few months back, and he responded with this. So, quote, After hearing your feedback, we plan to adjust the damage so it is more suitable for how often and how difficult it is to land each attack. In general, however, the damage will remain high as it is part of Guilty Gear Strive's design, end quote. I mentioned this to Pringle, I believe, when we first reviewed this, is I thought, yeah, that the damage was by design really high because that's what they wanted. It also makes sense with the whole, they want single-shot offense to be not devastating, but to make a huge impact versus like, you know, long combos to to make uh, make the game what it is. So I'm sure they'll adjust it, but I still think the damage will be pretty damn high. What do you think? So I think that the game is not trying to be a game where like you get a reward, you don't get any reward for stray hits. I think this game is intentionally trying to be like you need to understand where you are in the game and you need to understand what your opponent is doing because if they get a stray hit, you're screwed yep. kind of game, you know? I don't think this is going to be one of those games, which is good because it's also very beginner-friendly, mm-hmm. you know, which is what they want, is they want people to play the game, you know? And it, one of the best ways to get people into the game is to make it so that their hits matter. It's fast-paced with devastating consequences. Exactly, and that's a good thing for new players. Trust me. I know you might think that that's a bad thing because that means that, like, Pro players will just do like five stray hits and then the game's over. But it gives new players an opportunity to also get into the game because now their stray hits actually are devastating to pro players. You know, it's not just pro players going in doing long combos and a, uh, like a beginner tries to do like three stray hits, but it doesn't do anything because it didn't lead into anything. Now it's, hey, they did those three stray hits and now they're making the pro player sweat. You know, it's great that you said that because this is exactly what Katano expressed as well, right? So he said that, uh, like, the source of Guilty Gear and that series is the exhilarating feelings that come from its fast paced nature. However, players could only really experience that after learning the complicated combos. Therefore, Guilty Gear Strive's combo length is shorter. So the dev team also analyzed replays and they said, quote, uh, feel that mechanics are overall successful. So like you said, it gives people who aren't legacy Guilty Gear players a chance to be able to be not on the same level, but still be able to somewhat compete with players who have done all these hard combos and Axe and Core and Exert and all that. It gives them a chance to play and kind of get that Guilty Gear vibe. For the most part, I understand that. I told this to Pringle when we talked about this. They have a vision for this game you may like it and you may hate it, but you also have to kind of tip the cap and be like, this is what they want the game to be. It, you got to respect that because if that's their vision and they're successful with executing it, that's not a failure. That just means that the game's not for you. So it seems like they're overall happy with that, with that uh, mechanic of less combos, more damage. And like you said earlier, this probably means no Gatlings, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a successful game and uh, it's going to bring a lot of people into fighting games. This is going to be the, this is going to be the guilty gear. That's going to get people into fighting games as well as this is going to be the guilty gear. That's going to get put guilty gear on the map. All right. A couple more gameplay specific concerns here. So as far as meter and jump in concerns, the development team has acknowledged that meter is sometimes difficult to use because of the high 
pace of the match and rounds ending before having the chance to use meter. And they're looking to improve options against uh, jump hints, which have proved to be extremely strong in the beta because of the fact that there's uh, not a huge reward for anti-airs in the game. So they're, they're looking at I can at explain this. I can explain this. Okay. So jump-ins are powerful because the only person that can literally do anything after you anti-air uh, opponent is Ram. Which means yeah. that people are complaining, because not everyone's a Ram player, that jump-ins are hard because someone jumps in on you, you 6P them, and that's it. So either A, they fall on the ground and they're like, okay, I get back up because there's no combo opportunity, or B, they block the 6P and now both are you at disadvantage. You yeah. see what I mean? You would have to take a risk with other characters to really read the jump in versus react to it. Like Potemkin, you would be like, let me, okay, I guess I'll try to heat knuckle. But it's a risk because you could die, especially with the damage in the game. So it's good that they're looking at it and be like, okay, let's see if we can do something about jump ins. Because you can't have jump ins be the meta of any fighting game. Like it's, it's not, unless it's dive kick, right? Like you can have it in dive kick. But yeah, <laughs> for traditional fighting games, if jump-ins are the meta, meta, oh man, it's not it's not good. All right, uh, lastly here, the concerns with infinites in the game has also been noted. So while the dev team did, this was weird. So while they did address that there will be a rebalance and they'll look at infinites, they did not specifically say that infinites will not be in the game as they, quote, don't want to get rid of all combo loops. So they did say that they will adjust the landing arc. So once you start doing the loop, it'll be harder to probably maintain because of the fact that the juggle uh, arc won't stay the same. So eventually it'll continuously uh, go down. So technically you'll be able to do it, but it'll just be harder to execute. So that was I think weird. What I think what they're trying to explain is that we are just going to add same move proration. Yeah, I the Giovanna one scares me because the the, the amount of of timer scam potential it has. Um, yeah, that that one. But here's the thing: those also give way to interesting combos. Like if you remove that loop, then she's not going to have as many combo opportunities and like capabilities as she does if she doesn't have it you so, don't have to remove it but you have to I have think, some sort of infinite prevention system i think what they're doing is good idea which is probably what it is is same move proration which if nobody knows what same move proration is is you know in smash bros where if you do the same move over and over and over and over again that it stops doing as much damage mm -hmm. as the first time you did it that's same move proration I hope that they adjust it enough where it's not a viable tactic in any shape or form to be able to um, to either kill an opponent with it or to timer scam you. So even if they, they kept the infinite, but they made it extremely difficult to, to maintain through a long period of time. So maybe you'll be able to get like three loops out of it, but then execution wise, it's too difficult. So I'd be okay with that. We'll see. I mean, again... Like you said, this game will definitely evolve as it comes out, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of cloud updates and all that. So, TBD. Mm -hmm. Lastly, um, before wrapping up the dev blog, Katano did address the reception of the rollback netcode in Guilty Gear Strive and how well it was received by players with very minimal issues. I would agree with him. The only time I had or I had issues was when I was playing on Wi-Fi. To be honest, it was unplayable on Wi-Fi, but then when I wired, it was... No, I had no issues whatsoever. You know what I have to say about this? Hmm. When I found out that they weren't auto-adjusting 
the frame delay, that they had it on one frame delay, y'all better fucking give my man Zynak the most powerful, like, respect in the world. You know how much balls you better have to be, like, yes, this game is going to be so good, our rollback is so good that we can lock it at one frame? Yeah, so exactly, like you just mentioned, the at the end of the little rollback section, they noted that, so this is input delay was fixed at one frame, not rollback frames, input delay. So there's a difference there. Um, it's still really impressive that they only have one frame of input delay, whereas like I believe Tekken is at Tekken 7 right now. It, on PC, it's on three or four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, most games with rollback, you can adjust the delay so that, that way you don't have to experience as much rollback. But did you... I didn't... The only time I experienced that much rollback was like fighting wasn't japan it was taiwan in china and stuff like that and russia but like japan i didn't experience any frame delay i mean any rollback america like west coast i didn't feel any rollback east coast i didn't feel any rollback you know like i didn't feel any rollback in a lot of situations the only times i felt rollback was like super far away locations you know what i mean yeah, I'll be honest with you. So when I had when I was on Wi-Fi, I couldn't play somebody with 70 ping. Like it was unplayable. It was just stuttering all over the place. It was uh, stopping. So it, that was uh, I don't know what happened there, but it wasn't it wasn't good. Then when I went wired, um, I played Taiwan and I played Finland. Uh, both people in the Discord, Zio and Dark, and uh, I didn't experience anything. It was uh, like I was playing offline pretty much. So. I didn't have a single stutter when I went wired. Um, I don't remember a, a like I don't yeah I don't remember a single rollback. And I don't know who else I was playing outside of those two that were really far away. Maybe I was playing some random guy who was really far away as well, and I didn't know. But um, yeah, the the netcode is they hit it out of the park, so I had no issues. But it is good yeah. that they're they're gonna give us variable frames to work with. So like if you want to play somebody from. You know, let's say you're in New York and you got a buddy who's in South Africa and you guys want to play. If you can bump it up to three or four, it's a, you know, it's it's a good option. So I like the fact that they're not keeping it at one. So um, we'll see. I don't know if that is something that they're going to be experimenting with the second beta or rather the third beta. But uh, the fact that it'll be there at launch is very, um, very comforting. Uh, last but not least, Guilty Gear Strive is currently set to launch on PlayStation 4. PlayStation 5, and Steam on June 11th, 2021. PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 will have cross-play. Steam, you're on your own, so you got to play with me, fellas. <laughs> oh, man. All right, this is too bad the Pringle's not here because we're talking about his favorite game, even though lately he's had a love-hate relationship with it. But, you know, this is his main boo, and I know he won't leave it because of one bad patch. So uh, better late than never, featuring the Skullgirls Championship Series. So on March... 30th, 2021, Skullgirls announced its first ever professional circuit with the Skullgirls Championship Series. In a press release made on the official circuit website, the details of the announcement read as such, quote, We are proud to announce the first official Skullgirls Second Encore competitive tournament series, the Skullgirls Championship Series. The series is the premier destination for competitive Skullgirls Second Encore, the fast-paced 2D fighting game, and brings together some of the best online PC players in the world for fierce battles in an extraordinary dark deco world. 
A total prize pool of 17,500 US dollars will be up for grabs and the series kicks off with the Spring Blockbuster on April 24th, 2021. End quote. The series will feature three blockbuster tournaments, also known as majors, followed by the Skullgirls 2021 championship, where only the top 16 players will compete for a prize pool of $10,000. Players will earn circuit points based on placements in each blockbuster that will determine entry to the championship. Players who do not qualify for the championship through circuit points will have an additional opportunity to qualify for the remaining spots through a last chance qualifier. You got 16 spots there. Reserve two of those for Sage and uh, Sonic Fox. So you really have yeah, 14 spots. Um, the full point breakdown for both majors and minors the official rules, which include PC and Ethernet only, that's pretty interesting, as well as best out of five format, as well as dates and other resources and details are all available on SkullgirlsChampionship.com. Open qualifiers begin on April 16th and 17th for those who are interested in potentially participating in the spring blockbuster. What do you think about that? Almost nine years post-game launch for Skullgirls. They're getting their first ever circuit. Who would have thought? You know, the meme that the Skullgirls launch party is never still ends. going? It never ends. <laughs> the Skullgirls launch party never ends, folks. It just never ends. Yeah. You know, modest p- prize pool in comparison to a lot of these AAA games, but it should be noted that this is more of an indie game. It's cool that they're doing this. It's almost like a rejuvenation for Skullgirls. I know they've had some issues lately with some bugs. Too bad Pringle's not here to really comment on them, but uh, it is cool. I hope Pringle enters this. I hope he tries to qualify because I know he really loves the game. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see Skullgirls back in action and and really taking uh, force in the competitive landscape of the FGC because they uh, they deserve it. One comment here. This salts me up a little bit. The fact that they're coming out with this announcement, and I truly believe that this game should have been at Evolution 2021 online, and it's not. You know what they said at the Evo? They said at Evo, there will be more games announced. As side tourneys? Come on, man. This Not side tourneys. They didn't say anything. They said more games will be announced later. They didn't say anything about side tournaments. They didn't say anything. They said, these are the four games we know of now. Probably what's happening is that they're trying to get permission from other games. And you know what? I'm pretty sure they'll probably get permission from, you know. <sighs> we'll see. Th- this game truly can't catch a break, but I am happy for the Skullgirls community for finally getting something like this up and going because it's mostly been community-driven stuff. Now it's official, so good for them. Mm-hmm. This one I know will make Jam happy, although we're a little late on this news. So on March 31st, 2021 longtime Dead or Alive series director announced his departure from Koei Tecmo. In a short tweet, Shimbori is quoted saying this, As of today, I have left Koei Tecmo games. I worked on Dead or Alive for 16 years, and while there were times I was pleased, there were times also I was unable to live up to expectations. I would like to take this opportunity to express my utmost gratitude to the many people who have supported me and taken care of me. Thank you very much. Yohei Shimbori was the director, and or rather was the game designer for Dead or Alive 4, and the series director 
of Dead or Alive 5, along with its expansions, as well as the franchise's latest iteration, Dead or Alive 6. It's unfortunate the game is dead, Dead or Alive 6 is dead, they ceased production on it, no more support. Now the battle director is gone. I don't know if we're going to get a rejuvenation for the series, or if this is it, they're just going to do volleyball games and other stuff that means nothing for the FGC, but uh, I know Jam really didn't like the direction of uh, Shimbori in this, the the new era, or well, the... You know, you know what? <laughs> what? I think we're probably just going to not touch the DOA slash Rehabusa series for a while. I think that they're just going to let that rock for a bit, and then they're just going to be like, We'll bring it back later. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, don't, don't get me wrong. They'll milk, they'll milk the crap out of everything else that's not the fighting game. They'll milk the crap out of the, what is it called? Venus so, Vacation or whatever? Yeah, that's that's the that's the, the volleyball game. Yeah. I think what they're going to do is they're just going to give the series a rest. And then maybe they'll come back with either a new Dead or Alive, or they might even make a new Rio Hayabusa game. And then that's going to be the start of another series of, you know, DOA games. I think what's going to happen is that, because here's the thing. They screwed up on a lot of different levels. For one, they, they went back on their original plan. Originally, they said, this game's not going to be horny. This game's going to be a legit fighting game. We're going to be focusing on the fighting game aspects of the game. And you saw that with costume changes. You saw how, mm-hmm. like, females didn't have as revealing costumes, you know? Kasumi looked, like, super modest in the reveal trailer, I remember. Exactly. So they're like, look, we want you guys to play this game as a game and not as a, fuck, as a, uh, yep. you know. <laughs> then they rolled back on it. Cold and then values. when they got called back on that rollback, they rolled back to the original. So now people are confused as to what the game is. And that literally killed them. They should have they should have stuck with their guns. They should have been like either A, this is gonna be all horny, or this is gonna be not horny. They didn't they tried to go and play both sides and they tried to like shake hands with both sides and that was what killed them. It was bad. It was a debacle there when Yeah. It wasn't a good I would really love for them to take some time off and come back with a new identity, like you said, and try to get this right because this game, this franchise has so much potential and God damn it. Tekken needs competition because this 3D market needs parity. And Dead or Alive could play a factor in that. But Jesus, they're their worst enemy because they can't get away from themselves. It's not like Tekken is holding them back or gatekeeping them. It's they, just, they can't get the shit right. <laughs> they they keep hurting themselves. So in, in 5, it was good because they stuck with their guns. But people didn't realize how good of the... So here's the thing. When people realized that 5 was a good game, they were doing really well because they had a a game... They had a free version of the game, and a lot of people got into the game. Yeah. But what they didn't do correctly was that they didn't balance the game. So they had characters that had freaking godlike infinites, and the game was just super poorly balanced. Mm. So, like... That was super Kuso, where basically you could literally do whatever you can do one move and just lead into a TOD. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with six, they were like, all right, well, let's fix the TODs. Let's, you know, let's fix some of the game aspects. 
let's try to do five again. But then instead of sticking with their guns, they try to like be esports and then not esports and then like it. Ah, uh, yeah. I think the mark the marketing of that game literally killed it. Yeah, it isn't the gameplay. It wasn't the 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 things they did. It was literally the marketing killed the fun. And then every decision they made afterwards just literally kept putting another bullet into the gun. Yeah. You know what they say is any publicity is good publicity? Well, we found out real quick that that core value stuff was not good publicity. It was uh, the beginning of the end. So Core values, once core values happened, they should have stuck with their guns with core values. They shouldn't have tried to like pull back. Okay. <sighs> yeah. There, there's nothing worse than wasted potential and yep they're the the walking just personification of that it's uh it's really it's a bummer so oh well but speaking of bummers and speaking of 3d game bummers sega shattering all dreams my friend <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god on april 2nd 2021 a game rating went up for Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown for PlayStation 4 which is most likely linked to Sega's announcement that happened during last year's Tokyo Game Show Online 2020 of Virtua Fighter Cross Esports. The idea was further confirmed to be true as the rating spotted by Gematsu for Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown is also known by another name Virtua Fighter Esports. There was a lot of speculation during the initial announcement of Virtua Fighter Cross Esports, with many believing it may be a new standalone sequel in the form of Virtua Fighter 6. However, it seems that the upcoming game will be another expansion for Virtua Fighter 5 following the game's latest iteration, Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown, which released in the West in 2012. Nine years in between updates. This is... uh. Listen, I'll take it, but it's not what I wanted. At least it's something, honestly. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like them. Here's the thing. I think it's not going to be the the finale. You think this is the beginning of them trying to come back with Virtua Fighter? It could be, honestly. I mean, why would they go through all this hoops and just to to make five come back? Because it's easily they already have the assets and they don't have to make anything from the ground up and uh, Sega likes money. And if they think this could be a cash grab, if they port this game to multiple consoles and they don't have to really care about it, then uh, yeah, why not do it? Well, here's the thing. This can be the beginning of them trying to be like, all right, let's see if people actually want us to make this game like a test. They do. Yeah. And, And then if people like, like it then they're in yeah it could be that i mean i'm hoping that you know your optimistic look on it is the true one i'm i'm more of the thought of i think sega just thinks that they might be able to sell uh sell some copies just you know to put it bluntly preying on the nostalgia of a lot of people who love virtua fighter and kind of making a quick buck but if this is them really trying to re-enter the space and the 3d fighting game landscape sure i mean i would have loved to have seen it like we just said from doa but Virtua fighter could also make an impact i don't know how much they're invested in it because you know sega is sega but um we'll see beggars can't be choosers i guess 
Okay. That's true. Beggars can't be choosers. No, they can't. Let's get into the the final news item of this week. This is yes, this is definitely going to take a long time, but it's good that uh, it's the final news item this week. So let's let's get into this. Street Fighter Five Spring Update 2021. We did this one with the Fall Update as well, and it did uh, it delivered in my opinion. This one was a little shorter this time. So. On April 6, 2021, Capcom held its Street Fighter V Champion Edition update stream to give fans more details with regards to the game's fifth season. The stream started with Street Fighter V producer Shuhei Matsumoto, which I also really like. I find him in the same group as like Katano. Thank, thanking the fans with all of the positive feedback since the launch of Season 5 before getting to discussing details about Rose, Oro, and general game information. Starting with Oro, we get to see his Street Fighter V design and his pet turtle, which he carries with him at all times during battle. Similar to Rose's animations shown in the previous update, Oro also makes use of motion capture with a lot of emphasis on his dynamic hermit fighting style. Oro is equipped with a mix of legacy moves as well as new ones to better suit Street Fighter V, and they all come with detailed animations for both him and his turtle. Alongside his legacy special moves from Street Fighter 3, Oro also has his unique ability of double jump. Before we start getting to the nitty gritty and his V skills and V triggers and all that, uh, what are your thoughts on that turtle? I think it's a nice because he's a hermit. So, and again, he's trying to. This is before five, uh, three, right? So five is before three, and in three, he was so confident in how strong he was that he. Put, he tied an arm behind his such back so that he wouldn't move. <laughs> such a baller move. <laughs> yeah, so that he wouldn't. You know, he would be like, "All right, look, I'm. Uh, I'm too strong. I'm trying. To, I'm too strong for you." So, <laughs> yeah. no, it's cool. I love the fact that they, so they showed the motion capture. I like the fact that they're they're showing that the way they're doing the motion capture. The, the rose stuff was really interesting last time. This one as well. Um, the unique animations. I love that. That's like a little. Um, it doesn't mean a lot to when the game is like super fast paced, but it's it's a nice little detail to put in there for fans that are that like the the little nuances in fighting games. So he has certain moves where he'll switch the turtle from one side to another to like protect it. Uh, he has one move where he throws the turtle up, he does the attack, and then he catches him. Uh, it's really cool. Like I, I love that detail, and uh, I love turtles too. So it's a, uh, it's a great combination. It's a badass dude with a turtle. Can't hate on that man. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like how. Okay, I think that what they're doing with all these new characters that's making it really good is the fact that they are bringing back all these characters with all their abilities, and then they're adding new stuff to it. You know, they're not just being like, oh, hey, you know. Yeah, they're modernizing them to feel like they were from the game that they originated from, but still fit in Street Fighter V. So they're they're doing a good balance of that. You saw that with Dan, and uh, yeah, I I like the way they've been handling Season Five for sure. I've been uh, very much a supporter of Capcom PR. We'll get to the game later, but uh, anyway, Oro's V skills and his V system. So. His V-Skill 1 is a smaller version of his projectile in which he can follow to apply pressure. His V-Skill 2 is a small spinning jump which can be followed with another attack using a punch or kick button. His 
V-Trigger 1 gives him access to a powerful command grab, which can be used on the ground or in the air. And his V-Trigger 2 is a summon of items which follow him and attack additionally whenever he does. The items that appear from the summon are random, but do have a rarity and strength factor. I found that was really interesting because of the fact that, you know how we always talk about fighting games are skill-based. You know, they're for the most part, they're all skill-based. This leaves some room for chance and a little bit of like a random element there. I was thinking of like Faust, right? Like how his items are, are random. You don't always know what you're going to get. You have to adapt for those items. So here too, like uh, you could get more damage depending if you get like a rare item. I thought that was an interesting uh, addition there. So overall, I think his V-System fits him. I like, uh, the. I mean, the command grab looks busted, dude. Like the, he's... He's a mobile version with V-Trigger 1, that is. He's a mobile version of a grappler that can also grab you in the air. And he's got a turtle. I mean, what a sick character. Old man with a turtle and a command grab fireball. Yep. He's he's baller. He's such a unique character design. He's 130 years old. He's funny, too. Like, do you see his cameos in Minot's story and Dalsam's story? Like, he's he's actually, like, a funny character. But he's he's super strong. He's badass, and uh, he's a yeah. He's a really sick character design. Again, like, why can't we have a 130 year old dope ass hermit character, but we can't have an old lady in Tekken? I don't. Why can't? I... To be fair, to be fair, what's her name is like 30 to 40 years old. So hey, at least we got That's someone old? above the age of 20. Oh my god! Again, at least we have someone above the age of 20. You know? I guess I'll take it. Okay, so that was Oro. So following the Oro presentation, Capcom showed off new costumes and stage that are available in Street Fighter V Champion Edition, with some unlocking later this year. And they're all a part of the Capcom Pro Tour 2021 announcement. This one was weird. There wasn't a lot of details during the spring update, so I had to go to the actual Capcom Cup uh, site. But the the pass itself, so it's dubbed the Capcom Pro Tour Premier Pass. It includes one stage, three costumes, five titles, a new color for every character, two profile names, and 10000 fight money. It's all priced at... $19.99. So 20 bucks gets you all that. So the there's one costume, I believe, that is set to come later. So that's the only thing you have to wait for. Everything else is available right now. Um, the Capcom Cup Pro Tour 2021 will be a continuation of the 2020 format due to the global travel restrictions. Uh, we are just coming off of a pandemic, so... We still got social distancing guidelines. The new season will comprise of 32 online regional premieres set across 19 territories. Winners of these online premieres will auto-qualify for Capcom Cup 8, which will be held in early 2022. The Capcom Cup 8 will offer a prize pool of more than $200,000. In addition, the top four finalists of each online premiere will split a prize pool of $5,000. A little bit of a difference there from uh, Capcom to Skullgirls, <laughs> but uh, it is cool yeah. that they're trying to move on with with Capcom Pro Tour. So next, Matsumoto spent some time talking about Rose, 
who we saw at the last update stream, but this time with more specific in-game design details. Rose's V Skill 1, which uses tarot cards, will have different attributes. There are two cards that are used to enhance Rose. The White Magician card increases her V gauge, more so than other cards, especially while held. The other enhancement card is the Red Chariot card, which increases the strength of her attacks. There are also two cards which are used to debuff the opponent, be it on hit or on block. The green tower card decreases the opponent's strength on attacks, and the purple death card increases the amount of chip damage the opponent sustains. Rose can also shuffle her cards at will with a visual display by her meter gauge that shows which card is currently on deck. Dude, I love... So my mom loves um astrology and like tarot cards and all that so i know a lot about this stuff uh i love the way they're implementing this in uh, which probably it's probably why i love persona actually but it's i love the way they're implementing this in her gameplay it looks super cool i like the fact that it's a little slow too so rose can't just throw out the shit because it still affects you on block so you can really take advantage of her trying to set a card on you and and punish her for that but uh she, dude, she's she's gonna be tricky, and I she's got so many layers. And I'm not a Rose fan, but I love the way they've approached her so far in, in Street Fighter Five. I like the fact that so there's a lot of people that were like, "Oh, good, it's Rose. Congrats, she's back. It's boring." And then all of a sudden, you, they saw like what Rose can do after yeah. this trailer, and everyone's like, "Yo, what? Yo, Rose looks yeah. OD. She's got schmicks." Mm-hmm. In Street Fighter so, like, 4, she's kind of turtly. She's a very control-the-pace type character. and She's a Justin Long character. Yeah, and she wasn't that interesting to spectate. Uh, but here, man, I'll tell you, like, she's... Rose is an anime character, man. Like, she's uh, she's got some cool gimmicks. I like it. Also, the fact that, like, whenever... You know, as soon as, as, soon as V-Trigger 2 was shown, bro, you're about mm-hmm. to see a bunch of combo fiends do crazy schmicks with V-Trigger Both of her V-Triggers are really interesting. So um, her V-Trigger 1 allows her to teleport in three different directions. So she can go to the back side of the screen, right behind the opponent, and mid-air behind the opponent. The teleport can be canceled from most of her special moves as well as in the air. So she could do fireball teleport. She could do whatever she wants i think there's only like a couple specials that she can't use it off of it but man it's it gives her a lot of really interesting options god illusions is going to be scary that's so that is going to be v trigger 2 before we get to that her old street fighter 4 ultra her or ultra 2 soul satellite is now mm-hmm. her v skill 2 so that can be activated twice in a row so every time you hit v skill you get one orb and you can have up to two max and uh so basically that's soul satellite right so she can approach with you and the orbs basically hover around her her v trigger two is what you just mentioned is um her soul illusion from she fought alpha series so soul illusion mirrors rose's attacks to double up on the opponent which allows her to create combo extensions as well as some creative setups it's gonna be crazy like you said it's the, there's a lot of people i can't wait to see desk like he's just gonna find all sorts of crazy shit with soul illusion and i'm sure with her v trigger one and everything so i think what's cool about v uh, v skill two is the fact that it's not just a soul satellite it is also a set 
You know, it's a trap. You yep. can set it literally on anywhere on the field, and you can prevent people from approaching you. You can use it as a fireball deterrent. So like, oh, I see you're zoning me here. I'm going to now be able to approach you because your fireball is going to interact with this, which gives me chance to move forward. You know, it's going to prevent you from zoning me as much, you know, like this is also now a shield. So I can have I can place one around me so that that way I can shield you from a, pro a projectile. But then I can also use the second one to prevent you from, you know, continuing your spam. I can use two to just follow up with combos. There's so much potential with Soul Satellite now. And then there's so much potential. There's so much potential with everything. Yeah, she's a spicier version of Minot. And I I like that a lot because isn't it in the lore like she's Minot Master, right? She's the teacher to Minot. She's like, yeah. yo, I'm going to teach you how to become a whatever the hell she yeah. is. <laughs> well, I like that Rose has these uh like uh sensei qualities it was like all right young gun you know you got you got your you got your stuff and your orbs and everything let me show you the real schmicks and she's got that like she's uh she's a really interesting character i like her design a lot and it fits street fighter 5 so well so i uh, i love the way they're handling her so far um at the end of her presentation we got to look at a mirror match between two rose players the the amount of unique ability she has on display is really cool and uh, we finally got to see her completed critical art at the end. So, yeah, that was kind of dope. Yeah, she. I think she looks great. I think she plays great. I think the the revamp that they gave her. If I'm a, a legacy Rose player and I see Rose uh, in Street Fighter Five, man, I cannot just. I can't stop smiling from ear to ear because of the the way they treated her, you could really see that they gave her a lot of uh, a lot of thought and and. And they really care to to portray her in the best light. So um, as if if I'm playing Rose, if I'm a Legacy Rose player, I'm super happy. You know, it's weird. Originally, in the beginning of Street Fighter V, it was very tough to be like, I'm a Street Fighter fan. Mm -hmm. Now, it's very difficult to still have that opinion of, am I really a Street Fighter fan or am I just playing Street Fighter because it's the only game I know? Like now, you're like, there's some reason for me to get back into this game. You know what I mean? Like they're really, really making street fighter five, a game where it's like, yeah, it's actually a fun game. It's not just a game that people play because there's money and there's it's legacy. Yeah, you know, I, you know, what's interesting is that street fighter is taking the role rather Capcom is taking the role of NRS last year. NRS did such a good job of continuously promoting Mortal Kombat 11 and during a global pandemic when there was really nobody else doing anything. You had maybe like Granblue Fantasy here and there, but the spotlight was on Mortal Kombat 11 because it continuously made you think about them with Rambo trailers and announcements from Aftermath to Ultimate. And they, they did a really good job of continuously elevating their name. So PR-wise, they did such a good job of claiming 2020. 2021, in my opinion, belongs to Street Fighter. Just the fact that the way they're they're approaching the game, they're so candid with everything in these updates. They're showing you behind-the-scenes footage. They're showing you things that we don't even expect to see sometimes. And they really are pouring everything that they have into Season 5. Listen, the game still has a lot of problems. The netcode is at the top of that list. But... You got this is what I'm saying. You have to call a spade a spade. 
they're knocking it out of the park with the way they're portraying Street Fighter V at this, at this point in time. So it is enticing to try to get back into this game. And if you're one of those fortunate people that can actually play the game with people that are, are nearby you and the netcode isn't an issue, I think it's a great entry game for, for Street Fighter, especially in the state that it's in. So, um, yeah, they're doing such a good job. I really have to tip the hat to the fighting with division over Capcom. I, I think they're, they're closing this game so, so well. And it's, uh, as a fighting game fan, I'm really happy. I think all the Japanese companies are doing that. Like they, like I said, you remember how I said, Hey, Katano literally frame one said, Hey, we have rollback. We have this and that for Melty blood, you know, with SNK, they're you releasing constantly. They're constantly releasing new information, new characters, you know? So you're like, you always know about King, King of fighters, right? Mm-hmm. You, like arc system works. Hey, here's a survey. We listened to 5,100 recipients and this is like what we got from it, you know? So we're going to talk to you about like what you talked about to us, you know? That's back and forth conversation. And then it's like with Street Fighter, every season, hey, wintertime, here's a winter update. Mm-hmm. Springtime, here's a spring update, you know? Summertime, here's your summer update. Like, what? Yo, this is the greatest time to be a fighting game fan. 2021 is a great year. Uh, like, this is, up to be a this great, is starting great to become a great time to be a fighting game fan. Like, I feel like last year was a shit time to be a fighting game fan. There was no game that you wanted to play. Nothing was happening, you know? Yeah, we're just it was, dep- it was rough, but 2021, I think, might be the year of the fighting game players. I think, like, we're going to get, like, everyone's talking, everyone's communicating, we're getting information from games that we want to play, you know, there's people are, like, responding, games that are old are getting fresh new blood and changes and iterations to make it fresh and unique and fun. I think this is the year to be a fighting game player. Yeah, I mean, you got to look just on the horizon alone. If you look at the games that we have coming up, you have Strive, you have 15, you have Melty Blood type Lumina. We only got one trailer for DNFD, but that's still floating out there. Yeah, you never know when it comes out. And hey, another game what that's tied to like a franchise that's that's mm-hmm. that's got a already established community. That means there's going to be more people getting, hopping in. It is going to be a very yeah. There's a lot of potential for everything. I'm, we didn't I'm even talk about a, Project L too. Like that's also oh man, on a Evo horizon. is going to be an extremely crazy time. Yeah, it is. Evo is going to be crazy. I I am excited to be a fighting game fan for like one of the. Here's the thing. It's crazy right now. I hate being a fighting game fan because there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing to do. But like, I don't know if there's as nothing soon as, well, yeah, but we got like Shanty and when, TFH. Come on, put some spec on their name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there is a calm before the storm that we're we're at, right? Yeah, we're literally we're literally looking at a tornado about to hit us, and when it hits us, be prepared. Like the FGC is going to be a completely different beast. Like instead of. Instead of Twitter just being a place for people to talk about their latest goddamn hot take about the FTC, you're going to see Twitter be like, yo, did you do this? Did you play this? There's going to be people talking about fighting games again, not just stupid hot takes about why we hate fighting games. 
it's going to be great. Yeah, well, we'll always have those, but at least they'll come hopefully less frequently with uh, the amount of uh, fighting as we'll have in our hands. On table, yeah. yeah. All right, closing out the Capcom spring update, or rather the Street Fighter V spring update, uh, Rose's release date was announced. She will be ready to create Havoc and Street Fighter V Champion Edition on April 19th, 2021. Street Fighter V is also having a sale going on right now, so they bundled the season pass with the premium pass, and they also have like the individual game sales, so that's available on Steam and PlayStation 4. So if you're interested in Street Fighter V, all those sales are out there for the time being. At the end of the spring update stream, the Capcom team closed out the show by showing us a glimpse of Akira Kazama from Rival Schools with a short gameplay trailer. Akira, who is also included in the Season 5 pass, will be coming later this year. What did you think of Akira? I thought she looked pretty sick. I like the fact that she has her air raid back. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm glad that they didn't they didn't take away features from her, from her old games. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes her a unique character while also keeping her grounded in the game she's in, you know? Yeah. She shows up on a bike. She throws hands. I mean, what's not the love, right? Yeah, exactly. And she also has Akira's style of fighting, which is a sick fighting style no matter what. So, like, also her brother, you know, at the end when her brother, yeah. like, literally just, like, falls down with the meteor dive. It's and a then, V-trigger, like, right? Yeah, it was a V trigger. Yeah. Yo. It's like an Adeshko assist. Yeah, it was really cool. It was like Armika, but had like more style to it, more pizzazz. It was really nice. So, yeah, she's uh, upcoming. She, they're still working on her. So, I'm sure we'll see her in the next update. And uh, yeah, man, I, I have to say, Capcom, they, they really have done an immaculate job of uh, really. Putting out Street Fighter V Season Five and the and the the brightest of of lights and it's uh it's paying dividends too because I think the game outside the netcode and a couple of other issues here and there but uh, you know for what it is I think they're doing a great job so good job to them I like uh, I like Matsumoto a lot I think he's he's doing a good job as well as the uh, the whole team there so they're really rejuvenating the name of Street Fighter I think we need it moving forward to Street Fighter Six eventually. And uh, yeah, good good job by Capcom. I don't say that very often, but good job, Capcom. And yeah, broken, my friend. That was the final news item of this week. I know we've only we did it for <laughs> I don't know how, we did how long we've been recording, but it's a long time. We only have one thing left here, so obviously no topic of the week, no questions, no nothing. But we do have a shout out to uh, Digital Crafter for announcing a fun cross between Fight of Animals, the indie 2D fighting game composed of animal memes as fighting game characters, and Fight of Gods, another indie 2D fighting game composed of mythical gods as fighting game characters. So they're going to have Fight of Animals cross Fight of Gods. Who would have thought? That's coming to you soon, TM. And yeah, that's all she wrote, my friend. Um... It was a longer show. We've basically jam-packed three weeks worth of fighting game goodness into one episode. So uh, I know it was a little rushed there, but uh, we got it done. Next week should be much, much slower, hopefully. Uh, we won't ha- we'll kind of go back to the old format, doing topic of the week and questions and kind of having uh, the audience participate with us. So uh, I'm glad we got it done. Broken, I appreciate you joining me on this uh jam-packed episode of HGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. 
Um, if you need me for next week, I'm I'm down. But uh, this was <laughs> yeah. this is a doozy. But uh, no, I'll, he'll probably be back next week. And if not, I will give you a call. One of these days, we'll have to do a trio episode, and uh, we'll have to find like a special episode to to do that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I don't know what you got going on. Are you back to streaming, or are you continuing with your hot takes on Twitter? I know people can find you on both of those platforms. That's true. Um. I am trying, so what I'm doing is that I'm working night shift, so I'm basically trying to find a time to either, like, stream, so I'm thinking maybe either before I go to work, or after I get off work, you know, like, around 2 o'clock, I start streaming, which is when I get off work, but I need to know, I need to figure out when's a a good time, because I'm I'm afraid that if I go 2 o'clock, no one's going to be up, and if I go early, then I'm going to be, like, I'm going to get so invested that I'm going to forget what time it is and I'm going to miss going to work. So it's it's a little bit of a struggle right now, but I'll figure it out. You'll find the balance, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. once you do, people can go watch you play a hat in time on Twitch. Broken Wing. <laughs> it's not going to be a hat in time all the time, okay? Calm down. Well, right on. So, yeah, if people want to find you, Broken Wing 777, right? Underscore at uh, Twitter. You can see all my hot takes. Yep, all your hot takes. Um, Pringle should be back next week. I am going to try to make more content that's not just podcasts, so I'm working on a schedule right now. We'll see how that works out. But, uh, yeah, everybody, I appreciate you all for listening. I know this was a little bit of a longer episode, but uh, thank you if you lasted this long. Thank you for your uh, your listening ears. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with hopefully Pringle the 1. And if not, we'll be with Pringle the 2. And uh, this was FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 26. And we're out. Peace. 